I relapse in different ways today. I'm, I'm a runner and people have said, oh, that's so good for you. It's so healthy. And it's like, actually, no, sometimes it's not because I will run so much to try and get rid of a feeling that I end up hurting myself. And so I'm just hurting myself in a different way than I was using drugs or alcohol. But it's still a way to escape. Is there anyone out there? From Darkness to Life contains the real stories of individuals who found their way out of the darkness caused by mental health challenges and substance abuse. If these stories resonate with you and you or someone you love need help and don't know where to turn, Our Collective Journey is here for you. Please reach out when you're ready to ourcollectivejourney.ca or on Facebook at Our Collective Journey. All right, uh, from darkness to life. Welcome, everybody. My name is Poncho. As we get into a, another discussion about uh, mental health and the pluses and the minuses and what we can do to control it, manage it, cope, give hope, and ultimately life. Uh, Ryan, nice to see you via Zoom. And Amber, nice to see you via Zoom. And Brian, nice to see you via Zoom. You, so Brian, you and I don't know each other. Are, so you're here today to uh, tell us a little bit about you, to tell us uh, your story. Is that right? Because I, I don't think we know anything about each other, do we? No, we don't. Okay. I've, I've met Brian and Amber, but not yourself. Okay, right on. Because, you know, like a lot of us, we were very hard on ourselves from uh, days gone by. So, you know, sometimes the short-term memory uh, isn't what it used to be. Uh, where, where's home for you, Brian? I'm in White Rock, BC right now. Um, so we, we like to start every conversation, every podcast with a, a very simple yet what can sometimes be a, a very in-depth question, and that is... How are you? How are you feeling? And we try, we, we try to avoid the word okay or good. We want, we want a little bit more than that. And if you're not doing good, that's fine. That's fine too, all right? Because we all have up days and, and down days. So how are you feeling today, Brian? Today I am a little nervous, of course. We're on this podcast. And uh, first time ever on a podcast. So, uh, yeah, this is cool. I've done speaking engagements and everything, but never a podcast. So this is groundbreaking breaking for me. <laughs> Myself as well. Well, no, not quite. Almost. Almost. <laughs> uh, it's good to be nervous. It's good to be anxious. You know, I've been doing this for a few years and every single time I get, um, you know, the, the butterflies in my stomach. So let me just iterate or reiterate that, you know, you, you're right where you should be. I imagine Amber and Ryan, you, uh, you two can relate as well. You got the butterflies at all? Uh, me, not so much today. There are some episodes where I, where I sit in those, that studio where you're at today, Poncho. And yeah, I get butterflies for sure. Yeah. Mostly leading up to it, but yeah, like we always say after five or 10 minutes sitting in the chair and doing some conversation, it it's, you start to settle in and things start to feel pretty normal. Yeah. That's, that's exactly what it is. Uh, Amber, how are you feeling? I'm feeling really good today. I still get the butterflies a bit. Um, they don't last as long as they used to now that I've done a couple, but I'm pretty excited and I'm really excited to have Brian here today. Yeah. And let's jump right into it. So how did Brian, how did you come to be a part of, uh, this OCJ podcast? D did you reach out? Did we reach out to you? How did it all come to be? Uh, Ryan reached out to me. I actually have a company with a couple other partners that we teach recovery coaching. 
Hmm. And Amber and Ryan and uh, Rick have all come and, and uh, most of us are from OCGA. Derek. 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 And Derek took our training. And uh, ever since we've stayed in touch and uh, yeah, they've asked if I'd come on and have a chat. What? I'm excited. So what is recovery coaching? The recovery coaching is where we work with people and it's their journey. So we empower the person. Hmm. We take them along their journey where counseling deals kind of with the past and what happened. Coaching deals with where do you want to go and how do we get you there? Nice. So you're not trying to, to break these people down and build them up and, and create something that isn't them. You're using their existing personality and going, okay, here's what's going on. Let's just, let's just reshape who you are. Is, is that a, is that a fair statement? That is, and that's, that's exactly it. Cause we believe everybody has it in them. They know what to do. We just need to ask the right questions so they can search inside themselves. Cause most times in recovery people, and again, I come out of recovery, I'm 23 years in and people have told me what to do and how to do it. And I seem to do a lot better when someone says, how do you think you can do it? And we start searching that way. And in your almost two decades of being in recovery, did you find that that was the biggest hurdle? Oh yeah. Yeah. I've been told lots of times what to do, how to do it. I'm not doing it right. And then once I get in with some people and they started saying, you know, what do you want to do? How can we help you? My whole recovery path had, had changed. And Amber and, and Ryan have, have, do you two have experience with this on either, on either side, you know, being in recovery, uh, both of you or doing the coaching part of it? I know, like I'm similar for Brian, where I do remember back in recovery of always being told hmm. what I should be doing. Um, versus just having somebody to maybe give me some tools and be a good liaison to the community as well um, as a better support system there. And there's just a lot of things that fell through the cracks for me that I think if I had had a recovery coach, I would have, I would have been better off and had someone to help guide me in the right direction. Yeah. And I agree. Uh, I had a, you know, similar experience as well. Um, my difference when I went to treatment, I got the, you know, it, 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 the second time I went to treatment, it, thank goodness it worked for me. I did the work and, and came out of it with a solid foundation for my recovery. But, you know, I got the cookie cutter treatment program. Everybody, there was nine people in my group. We all got the exact same program. We had to do the same everything, right? So with this kind of direction, it's more self-directed, which I really love. Um, it's not, here's your binder, complete this binder, and you should be in recovery. It's let's find your strengths and what are you good at? And that's what we're going to work on. And then the parts that, you know, you have a little bit of a deficit running, let's see what we can do to build those up too, if you want. Yeah. Because I mean, every single person is an individual. Every single person has their own story to, their own story to share. So to have a template and think it's going to fit everybody and everybody's issue. So, so has that been a, a big problem of why it's so hard for those that are, are seeking help in whatever capacity is that you have a plan in place and it's a horrible plan. <laughs> and 
So one of the things I talk about is there's transactions and transformations. A transaction, someone will go into a treatment center or, you know, go to meetings, stuff like that there. And if they follow certain rules and do what the people want them to do, so especially going in a treatment center, that means you'll get your, your meals given to you, you'll have a room, and you'll be able to stay there throughout the program mm -hmm. doing what they say. So that's a transaction. You do this, I receive this. Transformations inside. So a recovery coaching is looking for the transformation is how do you want to change? How can we help you do what you need to do to make your life encouraging? And everybody's different in how they do it. So the transaction, it's it's almost kind kind of like uh, Pavlov's dogs, you know, where you are conditioned to react. Mm -hmm to something. And again, that, that really solves nothing. I mean, it's already difficult enough to find support in, in this capacity. How long have you been a recovery coach, Brian? I've been doing recovery coaching. Oh, at least a decade. I've been in the business for over a decade, like doing in the recovery part. And I, it was just something I've done. There's a story behind it. When I was about five years clean, I was sponsoring a guy one time. And uh, his wife had phoned me up and said, is so-and-so there? And I said, well, no. She said, well, did he leave? I said, no, he wasn't here. She said, oh, he told me he was there having coffee with you. So anyway, I said, well, when he gets a hold of you, tell him to call me. So he called me and him and I went out to a meeting. I picked him up and took him out to a meeting. And at that time, my thought process was just do what I say and you'll do all right. <laughs> and uh, so I had mentioned a few things to him, told him, you know, you should get something together because you have a, a beautiful family at home and you're kind of wrecking what's going on there. Yeah. And I said, think about it for a day, a couple of days and I'll pick you up. So I picked him up a few days later, we're going to a meeting and I said, you think about it. He said, yeah. So what are you going to do? He said, I don't, I think I don't think I'm done using yet. So I'm going to pack my bags and leave my family. <laughs> and I, I almost like, it was like, wow, I am never telling someone what to do again in my life. <laughs> like, yeah. I felt so terrible and thought I just broke up the family. And now I'm going to tell the end. But luckily, he didn't. He stayed. And good, good, good. Yeah, but like the, the story, the ending was good and not because of what I did. So it was an almost uh, an, an instant epiphany, if you will. Absolutely. So let me ask all three of you this because you've all been down those dark roads, you know, and, and here we are straight and sober and recovering, having the experience on the other side of things. Do you think it, it gives you the ability to empathize and sympathize a little bit more as opposed to somebody who hasn't experienced what you've experienced and wants to just give you that template? Yeah, absolutely. Poncho. I think, you know, to have that lived experience gives you an inside edge, I think, and, and instantly um, makes you, you know, you're able to connect with somebody on a level that somebody who hasn't been there um, can't connect with somebody, in my opinion, and in my experience as well, you know, I've only had to share bits and pieces of my story when somebody says, what do you know about addiction? And I could share a little bit about it, but then I share a lot of hope, you know, what I did and how I got out of it and what that looks like. Um but being a recovery coach, you know, it's not about my story and it's not about what I did. It's, you know, it gives me that 
that level of empathy and level of connection with somebody, but it sure enables me to, to connect with them on a level yeah. where, you know, we build that strength right away and, and I can figure out by asking the right questions where they're at and then relate it to my own story. Where was I at at that place? Right. And maybe this is a suggestion, but it's, it never enables me to tell anybody what, you know, what worked for me, this is going to definitely work for you, but yeah, it gives you, it definitely gives you an advantage. I think having that lived experience. Sure. Amber. Yeah. And I, I think we've, we've heard a lot of stories and journeys along our way as well that we can maybe, you know, show people that there's different options towards their recovery and not just one solution either, but that we have many different avenues and roads that we can help people and encourage them and, and let them pick their own path. And Brian, what about you? The experience that you have before you were in recovery? Uh, yeah, it's, I think a lot of the, how I relate, how I related to people coming in and how people kind of relate to me when they come in is the, uh, like, we're just not sure about ourselves. We're, uh, we think everything we're doing is, is wrong and we're trying to figure it out, but people are telling us what to do instead of trying to find out where we're from. So we keep trying. I did. I kept trying everybody else's things. I mean, from a very young age, very young age, and it never worked. How frustrating is that? Being told what to do. How infuriating is that? Because you want to listen, you try to listen, and it's not working. So, in some respects, it's almost against what you're you're trying to solve. You know, when when you don't custom fit solutions for individuals, and and you do have that template. So when all three of you were working on becoming better people and you were told what to do, did that make you want to try harder or did that make you want to say, forget it. That's it. I'm out. Yeah. I think so. Go ahead, Brian. For myself, it was like most times, man, just going through school and everything, I fought authority. So anybody that tried to tell me what to do, because after all, it was didn't matter what I did, I did right. So it was, what to do is like, okay, well, here we go again. And so one example of just being in school was in around grade 10, something happened, I got sent to the office. My brother was ahead of me in school and there was a few, few things going on with him and I was labeled. So as soon as I got in the office, the principal said, what's your name? I told my name, he said, oh, it was so-and-so your brother i said yeah he said oh we're gonna have trouble with you like we did with him i said yes because you're starting it so again it was he was going to tell me what to do and how to do it i was like no i'm just going to fight it the whole way so you were being judged even before somebody knew you (laughs) absolutely and like that's that's got to be well i shouldn't say that's got to be that is that's a, a huge hit to somebody's personality you know that's a huge hit to somebody's self-esteem and what makes a person a person you you said something very interesting you know about being beat down and so as a recovery coach what is the first step in helping people recover? Is it building them back up, letting them know that they are good people, that they are love, that they're are people that care about them or what's the first step? So for me, the first step is building trust Hmm. that, uh, 
that we are there for them. And we're not going to tell them what to do and how to do it. We're going to connect them. And that's one of the big things about a recovery coach is they tell us what they're looking for and what they need. And as a recovery coach, we search out what it is they're looking for and connect them to what they need, not to what we think they need. Was it hard to trust when, when all of you were on the road to recovery initially? Go yeah, ahead, Ryan. I think, I think for me, it was definitely hard to trust. Um, I learned early through a really good sponsor in the 12 step program I was in to keep my circle small. And, uh, cause before an active addiction, my friend circle, I mean, it was so, it was just wide open doors, right? And none of them turned out to be really close friends of mine. Um, so yeah, keep my circle small and, and it became easier to trust specific people, right? When I, when I hung around the right people, when I hung around people that were like-minded and, you know, had my best interest in, in their point of view as well. So it was definitely hard at the start, but it's getting easier. And then it, it's like a sixth sense. Now you can kind of tell right away. I think for me that, you know, who I can trust and who I can't trust and who's getting in that circle and who's not really. Yeah. Hmm. I like that. I like, I like how you say that uh, a, a sixth sense, you know, and yeah. you can, and you can normally gauge that within a few minutes of meeting somebody too. Can't you? Yeah, absolutely. Like you're in the circle, Poncho. It's uh, the good circle or the, <laughs> the good circle or the bad circle, Ryan. Yeah, you're in the good one, my uh, friend. Thanks, man. Thank you. Um, <laughs> what about you, Amber? Was was it hard and is it still hard to trust? Yeah, it was definitely hard to trust and I can resonate a lot with Ryan. There was, I think when you're in active addiction, you just open your doors to anybody willing to listen, Yeah. right? We open ourselves and subject ourselves in a unhealthy environment, right? We just want to be heard. I think that's the pro- a big part of the issue is you just open the doors because you think all these people understand you, but they're usually the worst people for you. And mm-hmm. yeah, limiting your doors and closing your doors to a lot of those open invitations was a huge one for me, but I definitely found it hard to trust. I always thought people were out to get me when you're in active addiction and yeah, it was, it's quite troublesome and it's hard to regain and retrain your brain after, hmm. after all that as well. That's something that really never occurred to me right up until now. And wow, I mean, that's, that really hits home. How can you get better if you don't trust the people around you? And if you don't trust the people that want to help you get better. So Brian, with, with trust being the first step, what's next? Well, it- the next part would be really building the relationship between you and the person you're working with, right? So you start to build the trust. They feel safe coming in and talking with you. Uh, they start trusting with what you're asking them, that you're not going to use it against them or tell them the wrong or anything. So the relationship starts building. And it's it's almost like a friendship. So, so there was a person not too long ago, I was coaching them, and uh, it was their first time ever. They never heard of coaching. And so at the end of it, I asked them, I said, how did that feel? And this person said, it felt great. It felt like I was having coffee with a friend and just processing with a friend. And they just kept asking the right questions to help me process. And that was the best description I've ever heard, right? And 
And that kind of goes hand in hand with trust, doesn't it? Right? Because you can't Absolutely. build relationships, you can't bid, build friendships, true friendships, uh, until you you find that trust. And so, so we have the trust, and then we have the building of the relationship. And this is, you would think that this is how we all live our, our worlds, our lives, you know, whether it's the road to recovery or whether we're at home with, with friends and family, but, but you're right. It, it can be hard to trust. And once you do build that relationship, I think things get easier or, or does it in terms of recovery? When you have somebody that wants to see you get healthy, does that inspire you? Did it inspire, inspire you? I asked this question to all three of you. Yeah, I think the people that you, I think the people you surround yourself with should always be the people who are always bringing you to your best potential, right? Like I see it time and time again, my husband is my biggest challenger, but he doesn't challenge me in, in a negative way. He challenges me to think better, to do differently, um, and really expand my knowledge and grow. He's had to work a lot with me throughout my addiction because I don't think I've ever had a healthy relationship until I, I got with him. And, you know, he's, he's been awesome at just growing me as an individual and, and, uh, and building me and my ability to trust in a relationship too. It's been awesome. Yeah. And I think, you know, for me, similar type thing, my spouse challenges me as well in my personal life. Um, in a, in a healthy way and brings out the best qualities in me and helps me, you know, recognize that I can do things, things that I, well, my brain still tricks me into thinking, man, you can't do that. Why are you even trying it? And, you know, she helps me recognize some of the strengths that it, and some of the accomplishments I've had in the past that, you know, are, are proof that I can do some, some things. Um, but as a recovery coach, I think what Brian was saying, he like really nailed it. And that's how I base my work is, you know, build that trust and then work on that rapport with the individual and, by bringing that authentic piece, whether it's based on, you know, my experiences or just the fact that I actually care where this person's headed and, and, you know, um, it makes it easier that way. But the difficult part still is that without, you know, using the right questions and finding that strength and motivating somebody, it's hard to move them forward if they're not going to do the work. So it all comes down to, you know, they can have the best supports and the best coaches and the best everything in the world. But if the individual isn't ready to put the work in themselves and take those first few steps, it's not easy. <laughs> so, and, and thank you for some, some great points to, to all of you. Brian, how important is it to, to build up somebody's confidence? Cause when we're in the, the depths of despair, we're broken. We're empty, you know, shells of who we used to be. It's, it's just a husk. So how important is it to get people feeling good about themselves again? It's very important. So just as Ryan and Amber were saying with their spouse, building them up as as humans, we are really good at beating ourselves up. And then you add an addiction on top of that. We're yeah. really good at it now yeah. because yeah. society does judge us, right? Oh, you're an addict, you know, the you're a crack addict, you're a drunk, you're this, you're that, you know, all these words. And we take them on and we, we live them. So we say, okay, that's who I am. I'm a drunk, I'm a drug addict. 
I'm a down and out person. I'm never going to make it. And we, that's how we, the story we keep telling ourselves. So as someone starts telling me, you're good, you're doing well. And as Ryan said, you know, and Amber's, our spouses and my spouse does the same thing. Even after 23 years, I still struggle in saying, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not that good. This isn't going to succeed. So even in this business I'm doing, it wasn't for my wife. Like I'd be back even then. I'm a carpenter from years ago. I'd be back on the high rise because I know I can walk on there and get a job. No problem. She's the one that keeps me here saying, no, no, you know what you're doing. You've built this here. And, and so for someone to have that confidence in me and show me that, yeah, I've come this far and I've done A, B, C, and D, that was, it's huge. It's still huge in my life today. So I have friends that I've been in recovery with that we still, for 15 years, are my best friends. I'll use his name, Soleil. Most people so I won't use their name, but I'll use Soleil. He builds me up every day, too. I still talk to him almost daily, like even after 15 years. And I'm going to go through something. He'll tell you, hey, buddy, like, come on. You know you can do that. You've already done it. So it's that's a big part of people building us up and for us to build something else because we do. We have it in us. It's just the story we've been telling us. Because we take on other people's stories, yeah, which is BS. Yeah, yeah, and you take on other people's energy. And when you surround yourself with bad people, that's what you get. When you surround yourself with good mm -hmm. people, that's what you get. So, so what I'm picking up is that reinforcement of, you know, telling these people that have been broken, going, you know what, you're you're good people, you're okay, and and so that that reinforcing conditioning that goes a long ways as well. So, I mean, what we've talked about so far, I mean, your steps here, Brian, I mean, there's some common denominators. I mean, from trust, you go to building a relationship and from there you, you start talking about who you are. And then from there, the confidence comes up when all three of you were recovering. Was it, was it similar for all of you like that? I mean, is, is, is that how you learned? Go ahead, Ryan. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it was, it wasn't that I knew it was happening, but I look back now and I can easily see where mm. certain individuals came into my life at the right time and started to push the right buttons and started to, you know, blow the dust off of some of the mm. strengths that I had that I didn't understand I even had anymore. And I was using those skills eventually, but I didn't know it was happening at the time. You know, we talk about that in our 12 step program lots is, everybody's waiting for this magical, this spiritual awakening or these, these certain things to happen and they're happening all the time. But, uh, you know, I can't pinpoint one day where I felt great and I got into recovery, but I can yeah. look back now and see that this had to happen. This had to happen. This person had to cross my path. All these things had to happen to get to where I am today. And yeah, so definitely can relate to that. Yeah. And I think naturally organically over time and, and sobriety and, and in recovery, you mend relationships and things just get increasingly better. It's something else I've noticed from anybody that's in recovery is that they're often gaslighted. You know, I, I mean, they're made to feel that their opinions don't matter. They're made to feel that their idea of what life is does not exist and that they're, you know, completely irrational and delusional. And so again, to all three of you, is this something that you experienced when you were down? Go ahead, Brian. Well, uh, it is. Cause I mean, going through school, 
and I'll always use Google because I know that's where sure. it started for me. Is I wasn't. I'm not a person that can read a book and can get something out of it. I'm a hands-on person. Yeah. So I became a carpenter because it was hands-on, and it was like, you show me how to do it hands-on, and I'll do it. I read it in the book, and I get lost. Now, there's probably a couple things, maybe some ADHD and stuff that mm-hmm. they didn't know back then, mm-hmm. <laughs> that they just they just labeled me. And uh, and mm. I love how you're saying these steps, Poncho, and uh, because you're just laying out the transformation how people transform from this step to this step to this step. That's the actual transformation. Right. And it's, I'm getting goosebumps right now. Like as we're talking about, good, it's really cool. Yeah. And it starts with a foundation. I mean, you want to get to the, that top of that mountain, right? You want to look from that peak and, and look everything that's good in your world for that to happen. You need something that's not going to crumble away. For sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Brian, how how did you find these steps, or or how did it come to be that this was, and this is working for you, obviously. But but how did you find these steps? Going, you know what, this is what we need to do. Is is it because you you lived through it? And what, what was and what was in place before the template, as as we spoke about, wasn't working. Yeah, so for myself, the first place I started working at in uh, in this industry, it was brand new, and uh, and my boss said, you know, would you mind running a program out here? And I said, I don't know, like I've never done this. And he said, yes, but you have the heart for it, so hmm. we can you can help develop it. I said, okay. And they said because the people like hanging out with you, so. We actually started, I was, it was a shelter I was working at, and we started the program. And the first day I sat down and said, hey, guys, I'm not sure how we're going to do this. How do you guys want to do this? And that was just a question. And they started telling me how they want to do it. And it was like, this is awesome. Like, so we come up with the topic. They go find some information. I go find some information. We come back. So the steps just happened organically. And then later on, when I moved downtown Vancouver and I, went to work at a treatment center down there. I took some coaching courses and the coaching courses were uh, leadership coaching. And so I, I got uh, a bunch of courses, got my certification as a leadership coach. And then I heard of this recovery coaching. And I took a course in that. And then myself and another fellow got together and we wrote a program out and, uh, and from there, we started teaching it. And then, like, literally, I just walked into work one day and, and, and I get coached also. I have a coach that I work with monthly. And I went on vacation, went back from vacation and quit my job and started this because it was just the right step. It was a transformation and it was time to do it. You follow the heart. You, you, you listen to your intuition. I, I liked how you said, you know, you, we need to establish trust first. And I think you summed it up perfectly is, you know, you, you were asking people, how do you want to do it? So I think to get trust, you have to 
give trust and you have to open yourself up to these people going, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to respect you because you've been beaten down for so long and you're bringing them into a safe place. So where do people go, Brian? How, what, what is the name of, of your recovery center and how do we get a hold of you? So we're not a center. We do it online. We teach people and we work with centers on how to do this. So with okay. uh, OCJ, we work with them on what recovery coaching is, how to do it. And uh, so we're called ORCA. What it, it stands for is Optimal Recovery Coaching Associates. Okay. And so we teach people, plus we also do it. Like I, I coach people uh, myself and, uh, in my practice. And I work with organizations on uh, on how they can do it, how they can implement it in their programs. And uh, I work with an organization in Alberta that put people out on the streets as recovery coaches. Uh, we've been all across Canada. I mean, the, uh, the course we've done with Amber and Ryan, I think there was one guy from New Brunswick. So it was really cool because everybody gets connected with each other too. I will say in this world of uh, Teams meetings and Zoom meetings, it, it can be a pain, but there are trade-offs. And I think this is a huge one because it's online. You can do this from all over the world. Yeah. And yeah, go ahead, Ryan. It, it's amazing. Um, just to touch on what Brian had said when we logged into our first recovery coach training session, you know, I didn't know what to expect. I knew there'd be a few people on there, but yeah, there was people from Vancouver all the way to New Brunswick. I think there was 10 of us in that room. Um, and I got to give a quick shout out to my new friend, Greg, who's out in New Brunswick because he texted, he sent me a message about three weeks ago. He listened to one of our shows and I happened to say, I didn't know anyone in New Brunswick. And he texted me and he said, what about me, motherfucker? <laughs> Hi, so, Greg. hello, Greg. Hi, Greg. <laughs> Hi, Greg. <laughs> There, now we all know at least one person in New Brunswick. I mean, <laughs> you know, right. and you know that's at least right. three and one person in Vancouver because that's where Brian is. Well, I guess White Rock, right? I, you know, I don't want to, just a suburb of Vancouver, isn't it? Kind of, sort of. Yep. Okay. Uh, and of course, all of that information is on the Our Collective Journey Facebook page. And that's where you can go to find all kinds of links for all kinds of support. And that includes Ryan, that includes Amber, that includes Brian. And we, we've talked about again that you people will do anything. I, I mean, you drop everything that you're currently doing if it means being able to help somebody out, you know? Um, is there anything that you guys wanted to talk about? Brian, is there anything on, on your mind that, that you wanted to touch on? Well, actually, I'd really like to hear a little bit from Ryan and Amber, like their experience yeah. learning about recovery coaching through the course. Because I can give it all, but someone else's experience of actually taking it might help the listeners also. Because Amber, that's what you're doing right now, are you not? I know it's been a while since we've we've caught up, so I apologize if uh, you know I'm not up to speed, if you will. Yeah, you bet. I'm not seasoned like Ryan. I'm still very new and and getting myself familiarized. But I think the program was so phenomenal. Um, really, just your eyes, biased you can be to people's recovery hmm. and what is for them and really laying out that everybody's recovery is different and we all have gone through our own journey and and 
your eyes to a whole world of other different things and ideas that you can go through um, with people and, and just building them up. And, you know, maybe someone's recovery, like Brian had said to us, is a pair of shoes to get to for that day. Like it can start just at that small point or it can be something totally different. Like everybody's starting experience is not going to be the same. And it was really interesting to, to come like, listen to everybody's ideas and what they've seen and gone through and and heard of for recovery. And it also sounds like, so not, are you, so so you're learning how to be a recovery coach, but it also sounds Mm -hmm. like you're continuing to learn about yourself as well as a person. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is, I think this is a space we were talking about this earlier before we got on it, that I think addiction and mental health is a nonstop learning environment hmm. for ourselves and for others and how we can help people going yeah. forward. Yeah. Cause we are forever growing. I loved how you uh, referenced yeah. uh, Ryan is seasoned and it makes me want to, <laughs> it makes me want to, makes me want to steak is what it want. No, but I mean, that's, that's a great way to describe it, you know, cause, and that's life experience. And, and the only way you can learn some of these rules is going through the, you know, is going through the bad and, and, and going through the good. Um, Ryan, you are what well, you are a recovery coach. That's right. So yeah, for me, just to kind of answer Brian's question or suggestion, you know, for me, it was when I first took the training, I remember sitting down with Rick thinking, you know, everything that I'm going to take in a recovery coach training is going to be you know, I've already superseded a lot of the education-based stuff, being a certified addictions counselor and all these things. And in my mind, I thought, how, what am I going to learn differently? Right. But I took it and I thought, well, if we're going to offer this program, I may as well get trained in it. And the coolest piece for me was which hat to wear as a recovery coach. Cause being a, you know, I'm a 12 step sponsor. I do addictions counseling. I have my role at OCJ and recovery coach is a little bit different than all of them. So that was the intriguing part for me is what, what makes this different? And, you know, like Brian touched on earlier, it's not a therapist. It's not a, a, a psychologist, right? That's more therapeutic. That's, yeah. you know, super education based, all these things, diagnosis. It's not a 12 step sponsor. Cause that's, you know, a 12 step sponsor works in one single recovery modality, which is the 12 steps. And that's what they're there to do, share their experience, strength and hope and take someone through the steps. And a recovery coach is a lot different in the sense that, you know, like Brian said, it's, it's build that trust, it's build that rapport. And then we start breaking down barriers when the individual tells us what they need in their recovery or what they think they might need, or they're interested in, in um, exploring, then that's where the recovery coach can come in is, okay, well, let's, you know, you don't have to do this alone. Let's build these connections. We have connections with all these individuals and let's, let's just get you motivated, you know, I wouldn't say that to them. I'm going to get you motivated. Yeah. Get yeah, ready. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, just to share a story, you know, I've been working with one individual now for about five, six, maybe six weeks. And he came in one day and sat on the couch in my office and, and was really gloomy and down in the dumps and, you know, back into that self-talk of I'm a failure and all these things. Right. And by the time he left, you know, the recovery coach training really taught me how to that individual walked through the door with all the right answers. He just needed help to find them. And by the time he left, he's like, man, I'm so glad I met with you. You gave me all these ideas. And I, I remember looking at him and saying, dude, you walked in here knowing all that stuff. You just needed help to find it. And then now he's on his way and going to do two more things on his checklist that he created, not me. 
Amber, what, what made you want to become a recovery coach? Um, because, you know, after meeting this group, I realized that I had a lot to offer. Um, I think lived experience is such a huge piece in breaking down people's barriers to want help or, or be able to ask for help. And I thought that, you know, recovery is, is serving our community. And I think that, you know, I have a missed opportunity that I didn't need to miss out on. And I do love being an active part of the community and helping people. Leading by example. I think that's a big part of it as well. You know, I mean, you know, Brian, you said you don't read books, you learn by hands-on. And and I kind of think that's leading by example, you know, where you don't have to read anything, but, but I mean, you can use all of your senses and go, Hey, I, I can do this. I, I can, I can be like this, you know, and Ryan, you said you, you had somebody come in and, and they were really full of, of doom and gloom. And so again, to all three of you, how important is it to never get up on these, to never give up? I, I mean, cause that's gotta be incredibly difficult when you're on the other side of things. Cause you think that nobody loves you. You think that everybody's given up. How important is that in the role to recovery? Go ahead, Brian. That is, that is one of the most important parts of it. There's the guys that I have worked with that go out and end up relapsing and they really get down themselves. And when they come back, it's like, it's like, no, you hit a bump in the road. Let's figure out what that bump is, remove it and keep moving. Because one of the, one of the things, especially in the rooms, uh, of recovery, you know, it's not as, not like it used to be, but before it was like, oh, you're back to day one. You're at the start again. You got to start all over. Hmm. Hmm. And so people who relapse keep coming back thinking, I'm never going to get this. I'm never, because I got, I'm starting from day one again. And that's not the truth. Like we do things. I relapse in different ways today. I'm a runner and people have said, oh, that's so good for you. It's so healthy. And it's like, actually, no, sometimes it's not because I will run so much to try and get rid of a feeling that I end up hurting myself. And so I'm just hurting myself in a different way than I was using drugs or alcohol, but it's still a way to escape. And so to relate with that, you know, running is helpful until you do it <laughs> to the extent that actually one of my hips, both my hips. They already told me I'm probably going to need to get them ground down and do things because I run too much sometimes. Ground they, down? The doctor told me, he said, do you think you'll stop? And I said, probably not. <laughs> right. Ground down? It's, Have you considered getting a different physician, Brian? <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you, you know when you get, it, you get it ground down, then you get it replaced later. <laughs> oh, okay. can't, you just, can't you just go right for the replacement? I mean, the whole grinding, that doesn't sound like that fun. That sounds painful. Yeah, yeah. It does sound painful, yeah. But that's what you had mentioned. Well, I mean, and uh, and so that's the thing is is to believe in people and say, you know, it's a bump. How do how do we how do we pass this? You know, you, believe you. You're right because we make progress and we have these bumps, but it's two mm -hmm. steps. You know, two steps ahead, one step back. I mean, we will get there slowly, and. You said too much of a good thing can be a bad thing. It's kind of like New Year's resolutions. We say we're going to do this and we want everything now. And when it doesn't happen, well, 
we give up, right? And we feel like we failed ourselves. So is that something important as well as a recovery coach to reinstill, reinforce that, you know what, you can get better, you will get better, but it is going to take time. Absolutely. One gentleman I worked with, he had come in, I was working at the treatment center, he had 10 years in, and he had relapsed. And when he came into my office, he was really down and out. Wow. And when I mentioned to him, hey, you've had 10 years, you have a lot of experience. Can you tell me about your experience? When he started telling me his experience, he started realizing, oh no, I know a lot. I know how to do this. I hit something that I didn't know how to deal with, and now we're going to learn how to deal with that part continue on. And that's something that you kind of have said, Ryan and, and Amber, is this something that you're learning that you need to remind people that, you know what, you are good people. You're doing good things. You are loved because when we're down, you know, I, I mean, whatever our, our vices are, we are our own worst critic. We are our own worst enemy. So you're already sub- surrounding yourself with people that you know, are already belittling, defeating you. And you start to believe that after a while. I think the best part about being a recovery coach is being able to be their biggest advocate. Their biggest fan going, you can do this. You will do this. Never giving up. Yeah. 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 For sure. You know what? And all of the things I'm going to put my glasses on because got to get my eyes ground down. Um, (laughs) But I mean, until you pointed it out, how do you start to find those answers? Like trust, like building relationships, like surrounding yourself with people that you love, like finding that confidence. I mean, whether you're in recovery or or whether you're not, these are skills that we can all build from. I, I mean, these are all emotions and life skills that can make all of us better people. And I think until that's pointed out, right. It's, it's kind of like you can't see the forest for the trees, if you will, you know, Mm -hmm. totally. And I think, I think for me, Poncho, the way I started to do that myself in my own journey was by doing that work on myself to start with. Um, it was a lot, you know, trusting the wrong people and putting the wrong people around me and all these things. That was something that fell on me at the end of the day. It was, you know, what I was accepting in my life. And, once I started doing that work and became, you know, a lot of it was hard, hard work at the start, yeah. but became okay with who I am and proud of what I've done. And uh, one of the biggest pieces for me was to, to understand what a boundary was and I have the right to set them. And, uh, you know, they, they can't be like a, a piece of wet spaghetti like they used to be all the time. We'll just push it this way one day and over here the next day. And I had to set up my own boundaries and, and be okay with enforcing them. You know, I'm not accepting this in my life anymore. And Good. that became easier to start trusting people because it, it pushed away a lot of those shitty people that were taking advantage of me early on. So, yeah. And you got to purge your life, whether yeah. you want to, or whether you don't, I mean, if you want to get better and, and I think that's something, I mean, and all three of you, I, I mean, you have the tools, you will give the guidance and the support, but if you want to get better, it has to start with you, doesn't it? I mean, that is the very, very, very first step, you know, going, okay, I want to get better. And then when they do that, that's where you people are, you know, to, to provide that reinforcement and to provide that encouragement. And I encourage you, if you are feeling 
any kinds of feelings. And if you are in seek of recovery and even, you know, even if you're just having a really bad set of down days, our collective journey, that's, that's what it's all about. Is there anything else that, that any of you wanted to touch on, talk about, ask any questions? Because we can do this for, for days. Yeah. A couple of things I would like to mention, just so people understand. We're not saying anything else doesn't work or it's not good. Yeah. We're just saying recovery coaching is another avenue. So counseling, you know, recovery groups and all that. They're all great ways to help you recover. Can anybody recovery be, co- sorry, go ahead. Oh yeah. Recovery coach is just another avenue that we can help someone sort out what it is they're going to need. And we can tie this back with the whole template thing, you know, because there are different avenues. If this doesn't work for you, maybe this will work for you, you know, and you need to find something that will work for you. Can anybody become a recovery coach? Are there prerequisites? There's not really prerequisites. There's. So I talked to the person this morning, actually, just before this podcast, and uh, and they've taken our training, and they're trying coaching, and they're figuring out coaching isn't really for them because they keep telling people what to do and how to do it, mm, right? And it's right. just so strong in them. This person actually said, like, I really have a hard time not telling them what to do. And I said, well, maybe coaching isn't the path for you. Maybe you want to be a counselor. Maybe you want to be something else where there's different ways of doing that. And so that's what they're figuring out that, okay, no. So anybody can try it. But the, And the thing I really liked about this person this morning is they're really honest with themselves. This may not be my path. I'm a certified uh, addiction counselor also. And I realized coaching is more my path than the counseling. I, I love the coaching. Uh, counseling is great. It, I've done lots of counseling over my, yeah. over my years of, with things that have happened to me that I needed to dig into the past and deal with some stuff. But coaching has moved me, moved me forward faster than anything else I've ever found. You know, and, and between, the, between the three of you, you have a lifetime cubed of experience and lived experience you know and you've come out on the other end you had the darkness you've come through life and i think we've talked about so many amazing things not to give up that you need trust that there is a different avenue for everybody what might not work for you will work for somebody else and vice versa and it's okay to have a lapse it's okay to have a bump because nobody's perfect, are we? And, and, and again, we just put so much pressure on ourselves to say, that's it. I'm done with it. No more. I hope that if you are suffering, that you please uh, check out the Our Collective Journey Facebook. I know, Brian, you're up on there. We have, have links to what you do. Uh, likewise, Amber. Likewise, Ryan. I have a, uh, a short-term memory from, uh, well, years of substance abuse as well. So I apologize if, <laughs> if we've forgotten something that we are supposed to bring up. Hmm? No, I think you covered it all, Poncho. And, you know, just to kind of piggyback on what Brian was saying there that, and it's like we've said all along at our collective journey, we're not here to 
you know, take work from anyone else or downplay yeah. anybody's yeah. Uh, importance in the community. But, you know, through the recovery coach training, one of the things that really jumped out at me was that people in long-term, they did a study and people in long-term recovery have utilized at least six different resources in their recovery, hmm. right? So it's not just 12 step. It wasn't just, I'm going to treatment to get fixed. It's and speaking from my experience, it was treatment. It was uh, counseling for two years. You know, I had to get into a fitness and nutrition plan. I had to get myself back on track. I had to listen to self-help speaker tapes and all these types of things, right? That all played a huge part in my foundation to recovery. So, you know, recovery coach just helps navigate all that stuff. You know, and, and your way of coaching might be a little different than Amber's way of coaching. That might be a little different than, than Brian's way of coaching. And like you said, Brian, there isn't a right, there isn't a wrong. You got to find something that that works for you. And what I love about our collective journey and, and what I love about all of you is that you all want to give back. And I mean, we talk about the ripple effect. I mean, you know, Amber, you've become a huge part of this and Ryan, you were there from the beginning and now Brian from white rock, BC, you are a part of this as well, you know? So it's great to see that such positivity can grow and grow and grow when you think that there was, and there still is a stigma of, what it means to be an addict or what it means to, you know, be in a state of depression. And it's moments like this that, you know, get me fired up, that give me the goosebumps. I want to thank each and, and every one of you for being a part of this podcast. And I've hosted quite a few and I learn every single time. So, uh, to each and every one of you, uh, thank you very much. Final thoughts from, from any, all, none. And for me, I just want to go ahead, Brian. <laughs> Three strikes. I just want to say thanks. Yeah. I just want to say thanks. This was, this was awesome. I really enjoyed this. Yeah. Thank and, you. Thank you for being a part of this. Yeah. One, one, I will mention uh, the guy that helped me write is Dr. Ray Baker. He's been in the uh, field for, he's retired now, but he was in the field for, 30 years, I believe. And uh, one of the uh, founding guys of the addiction and stuff throughout BC and a lot of it. So it was a big help. Yeah. And my partners and stuff. <laughs> sure. And, uh, yeah, Sam. So Bro- it's, and everybody coming here. This is awesome. Um, well, well, thank you for making time for us, Brian. Ryan, final words? Yeah, I just wanted to thank Brian and uh, thank him for, you know, opening the doors to Orca for us to all come and take recovery coach training. It was, you know, amazing. Another fantastic opportunity to have something else to help our community here and other people, you know, we've zoomed in with lots of people yep. from around the country now. And um, I, yeah, I just, I can't thank you enough, Brian, for taking time out of your day today to come on and share your wealth of knowledge with us all and uh, give us a look at your shiny face again. It's nice to see you, buddy. Good to see you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much, Brian. I was thinking the same thing. It is so nice to see you again, not in person, but over the camera is always great. Uh, you're fabulous. Thank you. And uh, the training was, was wonderful. Um, any final thoughts from, from you, Amber, or are we good? I, I think you just said your, your final thoughts, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. I, I overran you there, Poncho. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, my name is Poncho. This has uh, been a, uh, from darkness to life podcast. And again, our collective journey. If, if you're suffering, if you just want to know more, if you want to find some answers, if you want to sign, if you want to find some questions to find the answers so that you can become a better person, 
And is that the best place, Our Collective Journey on Facebook? Yeah, you bet. Our website too, ourcollectivejourney.ca. Instagram, I'd probably refrain from checking out the TikTok. It's gone dead, so we don't do that anymore. <laughs> um. Oh, and you know what? I guess one final thing. Hello to Greg in New Brunswick. <laughs> yes. Um, hey, Greg again. <laughs> hey, Greg. <laughs> All right. Ryan, Brian, Amber, thank you so much. Thanks, Pancho. Thanks, Pancho. This is great. From Darkness to Life is an Our Collective Journey podcast. These are the true stories of struggles and triumphs against addiction and mental health challenges. If these stories resonate with you and you or someone you love need help and don't know where to turn, Our Collective Journey is here for you. Please consider supporting OCJ by visiting ourcollectivejourney.ca and clicking donate. All proceeds go to supporting the health and wellness of people in our community. Hosted by members of Our Collective Journey. Produced by Rob Pape. Engineered, edited, and directed by Dave Cruikshank. From Darkness to Life is a plugged-in media network exclusive. Thank you for listening.